So as uh, Leanne mentioned, I'd like to speak about the feeling tone of our experience, the Vedana of our experience. And this is not about emotion in particular, but about a very simple, very specific experience, whether something is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. On the night of his enlightenment, the Buddha had insight into what he understood to be the the cause, the main cause of what causes us difficulty in our life. The problem of suffering, the nature of dissatisfaction. We all experience this. We all experience suffering or dissatisfaction. We all experience this feeling of of wanting something that we don't have, of having something that we don't want, of just this state of not being, things not being the way we'd like them to be, things being that we want to change them. So one aspect of the Buddha's insight around suffering is that he understood the cause of suffering to be wanting or craving, as he put it. But the insight that he had went beyond the simple uh, insight that craving causes suffering. He actually uncovered a whole chain of conditions, conditions, causes and conditions that lead us from our experience into suffering over and over again. He called this chain of conditions the chain of dependent origination. And I'm not going to go through the entire set of dependent origination this evening, but just talk about the, uh, the links in the chain, the, the various steps or stages of causes that uh, relate to the topic for this evening of this feeling tone. So basically, because we have a body, and a mind, because we have the body and mind, we experience sense contact. We experience sights, sounds, smells, tastes, touch, and everything that comes into our mind. These are the six senses in the Buddhist understanding, our five usual senses plus the sense door of the mind. Each of these sense impressions has a particular flavor to it. It's either a pleasant experience, an unpleasant experience, or a neutral experience. Every single bodily bodily sense and every mental impression has this quality of being either pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Once we experience that pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral in a very simple, normal kind of way, we either uh, like the pleasant and want it, or we don't like the unpleasant and don't want it, or we perhaps don't even notice the neutral experience. 
So primarily what happens out of this sense impression of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral is that we in some way react to it, we respond to it with this kind of either wanting or not wanting. That's the next link in the chain, this wanting or craving. From the craving, this wanting, we kind of automatically begin to move, also in a very simple and natural way, to do something about it. We, we move towards getting the thing that we want or actively getting rid of the thing that we don't want. And this movement of mind, this part of our experience, is called clinging. This is where we've actually latched onto our experience in some way, either to grab onto it to keep it or to push it away. Sometimes it's hard to understand what it means by craving something unpleasant, but the the craving to get rid of something or the wanting to get rid of something unpleasant is a form of clinging to it it's almost as if we get stuck to the thing we want to get rid of. You know, if I want to get rid of this thing, it's like I'm stuck to this thing with super glue, trying to push it away. That's the way in which it's clinging to the experience. Once we've clung to something, there is a kind of a... Um, an identification that comes out of that. There's a, an identification of perhaps it being mine or not mine. There's this latching on and the identification, oh, this belongs to me. Whether it's a state of mind or a physical thing. If it's a physical thing, we might think of it as mine, my glass. If it's a mental thing, like a mood, or an emotion, we might think of ourselves as being that emotion. I'm an angry person. I'm a happy person. So we, we latch onto and identify with these, um, these states of mind, too. Now this, in the, this identification piece in this set of links of dependent origination is called becoming. And actually, in a funny way, or maybe not so funny, we like becoming. It seems like a very natural thing to us. To We like knowing what we have. We like knowing who we are. Even if it's identifying with something negative, there's some piece of us that likes knowing who we are and, and what we have. So that becoming piece is actually something that we like. But from this point, so there's this hit in a moment of when we get what we want or get rid of what we don't want, and we know that, that's, that, that we're the ones that did that, that there's a moment of happiness. There's a kind of a hit of, ah, everything's all right, even if it's just for a moment, in that place of becoming. But from here, in the Buddha's understanding of this chain of dependent origination, from this point, suffering is inevitable. 
if only for the uh, fact or the reason that whatever it is we've latched on to is impermanent and will go away. So, for example, if I think of this as my glass, if I'm attached to it, it's a, it's a lovely glass. It's got a nice swirly pattern on it, and it kind of looks, you know, it's got the right uh, depth of the glass to meet your lip. It's just, it's a very nice glass. But if I happen to drop it and break it, I might get upset about that because it was my glass, and I really liked it. I really uh, had an attachment to it. So the uh, clinging and the identification, the clinging to and the constructing of a me or a mine around it will lead us into some form of suffering. Now, it might not be a very profound or difficult suffering, but it can be quite a profound suffering. So, while the Buddha realized how this chain of events is linked together, and there's kind of a, you know, it's one thing conditions the next. We start with our body and our sense impressions, and from there there's the feeling, from there there's the very natural wanting or not wanting, from there there's the natural movement to hold on to or get rid of our experience, and then this identification. These things all happen in a fairly natural and normal way. It's almost as if we're built this way. It makes perfect sense that we move towards something pleasant and move away from something unpleasant. If you think about even a single-celled creature will move towards food and away from some kind of noxious chemical. So that makes perfect sense. It's not a particular mystery to us. But the, the additional piece of um, clinging and creating an identity around it, that part is what leads us towards suffering. So he saw, the Buddha saw that these things kind of went from one to another and that there's a tendency for one to move into, into the other, for one to condition the arising of the next, the next, the next, almost in, like dominoes falling over. But he also saw that there are some weak links in this chain. There are some places where it's easier to kind of short-circuit the pattern and to uh, avoid flowing from the natural uh, sense impression, which we can't avoid as human beings. Sense impressions are going to come into us, so cutting that one off is challenging, although it is doable if you get into very, very deep states of concentration. Um, But in our normal everyday life, we live with sense impressions. And we live with this pleasant, unpleasant neutral. So is there a way that we can not move on into the wanting, the craving, the clinging, the identification? And the Buddha pointed to this link of the feeling tone, of the pleasant, unpleasant neutral, as being one of the key weak links in this chain. He taught that if you bring mindfulness to this weak link, 
if you actually recognize when something is happening that's pleasant or unpleasant, it gives you the possibility to actually short circuit this automatic movement from pleasant to liking to wanting to grasping. It's possible, it's possible to experience something pleasant without wanting it. It's possible to experience something pleasant and experience the liking and not have that liking move into wanting. It's possible to experience something unpleasant, not like it, and not have that not liking move into not wanting. It's also possible to experience the pleasant and not have even liking arise. That's a a slightly subtler version of this. But the only way this can happen is when we see this feeling tone itself, when we actually experience through awareness, through consciously knowing and recognizing as it happens, this experience of pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral as it arises. If we can do that, and the wanting does not follow, we will not suffer over it. So the Buddha talked about mindfulness of feeling most prominently in the Satipatthana Sutta, which is the Sutta on the Four Foundations of Mindfulness. So this Four Foundations of Mindfulness kind of uh, describes or lays out four different sort of frames or points of view into our experience that we can bring our mindfulness to. And of those four foundations, the second one is mindfulness of feeling. An entire uh, foundation of mindfulness is around this notion of whether something's pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. I think that's part, partly what highlights how important this, this quality is to pay attention to. And I'm going to read you a little bit of that part of the sutta. It's brief. He says, and he uses the term bhikkhu here, which means monk, but it says elsewhere in the, um, the commentaries to the sutta that whenever the Buddha refers to bhikkhu, he's referring to anyone who's practicing this, this meditation practice. So he's speaking to all of us when he says this. When feeling a pleasant feeling, a bhikkhu understands... I feel a pleasant feeling. When feeling a painful feeling, he understands, I feel a painful feeling. When feeling a neither painful nor pleasant feeling, that's the term for neutral feeling, he understands, I feel a neither painful nor pleasant experience. That's it. Those are the instructions from the Buddha about how to work with feeling. When you feel it, know that you feel it. It's pretty simple instruction, but not so easy to follow through on. So typically what happens to us when we experience something pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral, 
what happens to us is that we immediately uh, leap onto it in some way and start to um, think about it. We like it. We want it. We start to plan how to get it or how to get rid of it if it's something unpleasant. So very, very quickly, we lose track of the fact that it's even pleasant or unpleasant. We're already in the stages of trying to figure out how to get more of it or how to get rid of it. So stopping the usual momentum of the mind from spinning away from pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral is not easy. But it's helped immensely by recognizing or uh, knowing that this quality of pleasant, unpleasant, neutral is worth paying attention to. Most of the time, we don't think of it as being worth paying attention to. We immediately uh, think it's important to react to it or respond to it. Oh, there's something pleasant. I need to get more of that. So we, we, we lose track of the, the fact that we've experienced something pleasant. Often we don't even notice it. We're already leaping onto it to do something about it. So this feeling tone is subtle in the, in the sense that we don't usually consciously recognize it. It's not something that normally appears in our experience for very long because we're, we so quickly move on from it and think about it and try to uh, arrange our environment to either get more pleasant or get rid of more unpleasant. But once we know that it's an interesting thing to pay attention to, a helpful thing to pay attention to, it can become quite clear. It can become quite obvious. So if you bump your head uh, getting out of your car, it's pretty clear that the experience of the, of the bump is painful. If you're eating ice cream, it's pretty clear that that experience is pleasant. But we have to know to recognize it, to, to notice actually the pleasant quality or the unpleasant quality. And even when we do recognize it, it's hard to stop there. And you will see, it when you start recognizing this feeling tone, you'll start seeing the, this reaction, this chain of events that I described. You'll see the bump on your head. You'll feel the unpleasantness. Then you'll start to see yourself reacting in some way. You know, that, that uh, oh, how could I have been so stupid? Or whatever you go, you go on. Just There's some kind of a, a movement it's not simply, oh, there's an unpleasant feeling. Very few of us respond that way when something happens like that. We get angry, we get frustrated, and that represents a reactivity to the pleasant or unpleasant experience. So as you start to witness the pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral quality of experience and see the reactivity begin to get born out of that pleasant or unpleasant experience, you're actually starting to see something very profound about the way the mind works. This way in which it leaps off of pleasant or unpleasant. And this is the thing that sets in the whole, sets into motion this whole cascading chain which leads us into greed, aversion, delusion, identification, and suffering.
So every single experience that we have, whether it's a bodily experience through one of our five physical sense doors or a mental experience through our mind, every single experience we have has this feeling tone associated with it. It's most easy to see that with the sense door of our, um, our bodily senses. That, uh, you know, our senses of our um, touch, for instance, are highly tuned to pleasant, unpleasant. It's also pretty easy to notice in taste things that we um, find pleasant or unpleasant. So it's pretty easy to recognize this quality of pleasant, unpleasant in our bodily experience. But our uh, senses, the sense of our mind, our, the, the mind, everything that happens in our mind, moods, emotions, thoughts, also has this quality of being pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. Thoughts themselves actually have a subtle feeling tone associated with them. But usually what we, have, what, what we associate with a feeling tone of a thought is actually a kind of a reaction. Um, that, that there's, um, you know, the thought arises about something and then we react to it. And then it's that reaction that has a feeling tone more than the thought, which probably actually has a more neutral feeling tone. The simple fact that a thought arises in our mind can be pretty neutral. It's the content of the thought and our reaction to that thought that has the feeling tone. And actually this kind of experience of a thought and then the reaction to the thought actually underlies a lot of what we think of as pleasant or unpleasant. So I'll give you an example about this. One night I was um, trying to sleep. I had woken up in the middle of the night and I was having difficulty sleeping. So I got up to meditate, which is something that I often do when um, I have trouble sleeping in the middle of the night. And so I was, I was meditating and started to hear this very gentle, quiet tapping sound, just like... And to me, that experience was unpleasant. I I experienced that sound as unpleasant. And as I kept paying attention, I noticed that unpleasantness. And as I kept paying attention, I noticed that when I heard the sound, there was a little bit of fear that arose. And that was definitely unpleasant. This feeling of the contraction in the body, the fear had an unpleasant quality to it. And as I could just be with the fear, the next time the sound came, the next time I actually heard the sound, I realized that the sound itself was neutral or even slightly pleasant. It was the reaction to the sound that was unpleasant, the fear, which made me feel like associate that fear with the sound. And the sound became unpleasant because of the fear. This kind of thing happens to us a lot with our physical sense experience.
So it's very helpful to begin to recognize our feeling, the feeling tone of our experience, and start to see when there is some extra feeling added on top of what the actual feeling is. Another sutta that I like states that all things converge on feeling. And the, what I take that to mean is that essentially, you know, the feeling tone of our experience is where all of our uh, responses are born out of. So, for instance, you know, some people like blue or they hate the smell of hot roofing tar or you know, they like a particular kind of car. And we think that it's the, um, you know, the color blue or we think it's the hot roofing tar that we are reacting to. But it's actually that for some of us, the color blue is pleasant and the smell of hot roofing tar is unpleasant. And that is what we are reacting to, that quality of pleasant or unpleasant underneath. This feeling tone is, it's like a springboard. It's this narrow channel through which all of our reactivity arises. So that's what I take this to mean. All things converge on feeling. And if we can identify or recognize or be mindful of this feeling tone, we have an opportunity to not end up being so reactive to our experience. Instead of being whipped around by things all day, we can just recognize, oh, this is a pleasant experience, this is an unpleasant experience. So I'd like to talk for a few minutes about ways to practice with this feeling tone. The sutta that I described um, just says, you know, when you feel a pleasant feeling, know that it's pleasant. When you feel an unpleasant feeling, know that it's unpleasant. And it's a little bit harder for us because initially it's hard to even recognize things as pleasant or unpleasant because we're so conditioned to leap away from them. So initially in playing with or practicing with this feeling tone, it's helpful to actually consciously direct our attention to it. And the easiest place to do this is in the sense door of the body to check into our physical experience. What's pleasant? What's unpleasant? An excellent place to play with this is in eating. Because eating brings together all of our senses. We see the food. We identify it. We know what we uh, want and don't want, what we like and don't want. There may be colors or forms on the plate that are particularly pleasing or displeasing. There's the smell of the food, which may be pleasing or displeasing. There's the, um, the contact of the food, the, the, the contact of our, the, the touch sensations of the texture of the food in our mouth. There's the taste of the food. All of these things have pleasant and unpleasant aspects to them. And you may find, for example, that something pleasant over time becomes something neutral or even slightly unpleasant. So, for example, chewing an apple, 
know, initially there's that burst of juice and sweet, sweet tartness in the mouth that may bring a, a sense of pleasantness and the crunchiness, the texture is pleasant initially, but you chew for a while, the, the sweetness dissipates, the juiciness dissipates, and it's just kind of this pulpy thing in your mouth before you've swallowed it. And it may be neutral or even maybe slightly unpleasant depending on your, your tongue. So that the qualities can shift and change as we eat our food. And it's a very interesting place to begin to really recognize and notice this quality of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral. And if um, it's, it's a food that we like, we can also notice any mental experiences about it, any kind of like, ooh, I want more of that. Is there more of that? Is somebody else taking the extra piece that I want? All of the, the thoughts that go around it, which may be pleasant or unpleasant. Another good place to look at feeling tone is when there are strong emotions present. Whenever there's any kind of a strong emotion, there'll, there'll always be some kind of a pleasant or unpleasant quality underneath. And it can be very interesting to simply observe without any judgment about whether there's pleasant or unpleasant there. Sometimes you might be surprised. For example, the feeling of excitement has qualities of pleasantness to it. There can be a kind of a, an, uh, in, 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 you know, a lightening of the mind and a kind of a movement of um, joy in the excitement. But there can also be an unpleasant agitation quality to excitement. So that there can be both a pleasant and unpleasant to emotions that we might think of generally as pleasant. Or uh, anger, for instance. On one retreat, I was observing anger quite closely. It was coming up a lot. And I got to the place where I began to see the anger just coming up right at the beginning, just the very beginning of that anger. And what I noticed, mostly I had been noticing anger as a very unpleasant experience of heat and pressure. But what I noticed as it just started was warmth and fullness. And that was pleasant. That initial hit of anger was a pleasant experience. And I was kind of surprised at that. But in some way it made sense to me because anger is something that hooks us in some way. And that I think that initial hit of that fullness and warmth, it's just like a feeling of life, that is what hooks us in anger. So noticing the qualities of pleasant, unpleasant in our experience. If you're experiencing aversion, some kind of not wanting, some kind of get rid of something in your experience, if it's, even if it's just a kind of a general feeling of aversion, you're having a bad day of some kind, you might just check and see, is there something unpleasant in your experience? For me, for instance, when I get hungry, it's like colors everything. A lot of things become very unpleasant or, or difficult when I get hungry, that kind of gnawing experience of unpleasantness, especially when it's not recognized, can filter and, and put a, a filter like a, you know, a, a gray glass over my experience. 
if it's not recognized, oh, there's that hunger. I'm just hungry right now. And, and when I recognize that experience, it's easier to not be so reactive to everything else. As you become more familiar with this feeling tone, as you become um, as more attuned to the qualities of pleasant and unpleasant, it gets easier to work with it as the Buddha recommended. Just when there's pleasant, know that it's pleasant. When there's unpleasant, know that it's unpleasant. And then you can start to practice that uh, true mindfulness of feeling. When something unpleasant arises in your experience, just know, oh, this is an unpleasant experience. But it seems to be helpful initially in exploring this to actually uh, look for the pleasant unpleasant because we do tend to just leap off of it so quickly. When you can notice this feeling tone and start to notice that the mind reacts and responds to this feeling tone, you have the opportunity to actually witness the birth of this reactivity, to witness the whole chain of uh, causes and conditions leading us into this reactive, clinging, suffering, identification with experience. And that, in that seeing of the, uh, the birth of this pattern, that is the, the seeds, that's where the seeds of freedom lie in seeing that pattern. In seeing the pattern, we have an opportunity to not get caught by it and automatically respond to it in our habitual way. And we can actually unwind this chain. This kind of automatic chain can be unwound and we can live much freer lives not being whipped sawed by this quality of pleasant, unpleasant, and neutral when, as we are when we don't really see it and recognize it. So it's, um, it's just, we've just got a couple of minutes, but you know, if there's any, any questions, yes. What's the reference for that quote that says Everything converges on feeling. It's in the Anguttara Nikaya. Oh, sorry. He wanted to know what the reference for the um, uh, all things converge on feeling. And it's in the Anguttara Nikaya in this book, um, which is the numerical discourses of the Buddha. It's Anguttara Nikaya 10, 58. Neutral is, as the, the description of um, neutral is, neither pleasant nor unpleasant. That's the, the technical uh, term for it, is when something is neither pleasant nor unpleasant, it's neutral. And um, things are what they are in general. You know, when um, experience arises, it has one of these qualities to it. And, you know, we don't, it's something that is, uh, it's, 
it's conditioned essentially whether something is pleasant, unpleasant, or neutral. We don't have a lot of control over that as it arises in our experience. However, in our practice, what seems to happen is as we um, continue to practice, we begin to see more things as they really are. You know, we really we begin to see. Um, most of our sense contact actually is on the neutral side. You know, sight, for instance, much of our sight is actually neutral. It's our thoughts around it that are pleasant or unpleasant that we react to. So we begin to actually experience more and more neutral as we do the practice. So it seems to be the, the direction that the um, practice moves. And that sounds perhaps like it might be flat or boring. But um, the quality of equanimity is um, its essentially a neutral mind state, but it gives you a sense of such peace that there's a, qu- a way in which it feels pleasant. I'm going to read one last quote that, um, yeah, to, to end that um, I find very interesting. Oh, here, I have it here. The Buddha is talking about what's pleasant and unpleasant with respect to each of these three um, aspects. Pleasant feeling is pleasant when it persists and painful when it changes. Painful feeling is painful when it persists and pleasant when it changes. Neither painful nor pleasant feeling is pleasant when there is knowledge of it and unpleasant when there is no knowledge of it. I'll just leave you with that to peruse. (laughs) Where's that that quote from? That's from Ajima Nikaya 44, um, paragraph 24. So it's 9 o'clock, and we need to finish. Let's do a little uh, dedication of merit. May the beneficial results of our practice together be offered to support the welfare and liberation of all beings everywhere. May all beings be happy. May all beings be healthy. May all beings be safe. May all beings live with ease. May all beings be free from suffering. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.